Blog Talk Radio. Well, praise the Lord, and welcome to LiveDeliverance.com here on BlogTalkRadio.com. This is Pastor Steve, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. And if you're listening to us via the simulcast during the hours of 9 o'clock p.m. and 11 o'clock p.m. here on Monday evenings, we're so glad to have you. If you're listening to us on any other social media platforms or any other times during the week, please contact us here at LiveDeliverance.com and give us the times, the date, the locations, the platforms that you're listening to us on. Although we would love to proliferate the airways, we must do it legally, ethically, and in righteousness. If you hear any of our content through any other means, it is the results of Internet piracy and copyright infringement. And all those who participate in any Internet piracy can be prosecuted by a federal agent. And having said all that, now let us get down to the business of the kingdom. So please go ahead and get a pen and some paper. And if you have any questions or comments about the ministry tonight, when we get to the end of the broadcast, we'll give you an opportunity to ask those questions or make those comments. And now if you would join me in a word of prayer as we sanctify our time together. Father, I ask you to speak to me so that I can hear. Awaken me the mind of Christ. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your word. Breathe on me so that I can speak. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Flow through me and cause me to move by your spirit. Let healing and deliverance break forth in this time and this place because of your word, your spirit, and your love. Live big in me. I now decrease so that you can increase. Holy Spirit, Glorify Jesus in my life as I now share the living word, the bread of life. Jesus, reveal unto us the Father and draw us into his presence where there is fullness of joy. Heavenly Father, quiet our hearts and minds as we allow the peace of God to rule in our lives. Cause us to grow in the grace that has appeared unto all men as you teach us how we should live in this present world. May we now awake to righteousness and slumber no more by walking in the spirit and in the fullness of his grace. As we sojourn in the land of promise, going from faith to faith and from glory to glory. For you have made us more than conquerors in this life through Christ Jesus. So speak to our spirit and birth victory in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name, I pray. Well, beloved, this is part four of conversations of victory or defeat. And we have... Uh, talked about uh, things that I'm hoping would cause you to uh, think differently because that's basically all I can do is is introduce you introduce to you revelations from on high that would allow you to uh, view life from a different perspective so that you can all enjoy victory from that perspective. You know we're uh, we're not the ones that's trying to get to victory. We are the ones that have been placed in victory, and we need to understand how to live from that position, okay? That, that's the difference here. And so um, I don't know, you know, what uh, church affiliations you might have uh, started in, but that's what I'm interested in doing. That's what God has tasked me to do, uh, to get you to, to look at things from a different perspective, not because I'm smarter than everybody else, but he wants us to be established in the present truth, which means that things that we might have heard about uh, yesterday, 
that God might be doing them a new way. He's not doing just a new thing. He's doing it a new way. <laughs> the things that, that, that God has done, uh, those things had never been done before. That's why it confused the devil. The devil couldn't uh, uh, understand that by killing Jesus that he was going to give birth to uh, kingdom citizens. The devil didn't know that because the Bible says if he had known that, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. See? So then God is wanting us to to enter into uh, places that would allow his victory to be made manifest, to be seen through our lives. Conversations of victory or defeat. The Bible gives us a good understanding of how powerful our words are. And the devil continually inundates our conversation with fears, frustrations, anxieties, complaints, and worries. You know, I, I'll ask you to do a selah right there. If you are continually giving in to frustrations or fears, anxieties, and you find yourself uh, complaining and having worries, then the enemy of your soul has, has caused your conversation to be viewed from that position. Our conversations carry our destiny, and they contain our future. Weak conversations promote compromise. Uh, because they are seeds of failure and defeat. They're weeds that are planted in the gardens of our lives. Compromise. That is a promise that has been compromised. All right? It's a calm promise. It's, it's a promise that you might have heard about, that you want to function in, but you become frustrated in the place that you stand. Okay? And as we find that happening, then, then we should draw nigh unto God. And he's, he gave us the promise that if we draw nigh unto him, he would draw nigh unto us. He would help us to see how we can cleanse our hearts and cleanse our hands. You know, that's just very, very uh, uh, impactful. He gives you the ability not only to repent, but to change your position. If you clean your hands, you start differently. When you clean your heart, you should start differently. Uh, the definition that I've understood for insanity is to do the same thing, expecting different results. So God wants us to start differently. He, 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 we might even have to uh, enter in from a different position. All right? I, I, I appreciate um, the understanding that you had yesterday. I even appreciate the understanding that you had last year. But since God is doing the thing that he's doing from a new position, did he not say that if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature and old things are passed away and behold, all things are become new and all things are of God? So then we should not continue to drag ourselves in the recycling effort of life, okay, trying to, 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 to do what we've heard, to trying to do what has been revealed from the same position of thought. Because without uh, renewing your mind, I mean, these are instructions that we have from God, that we are supposed to renew our mind, be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Sometimes we will uh, take the same thoughts that we have had and we'll keep rehashing them, trying to 
think that something's going to change, but if we didn't change, I'll say it all the time, God cannot do anything for you until he first does something in you. Amen. So then allow the God that has newness of life available to do that in each and every area of your life. He wants you to go from glory to glory. That's what I pray uh, all of the time. He wants us to go from glory to glory. That that tells me a lot because I'm not supposed to go from, from glory to frustration. Amen. I'm supposed to go from glory to glory. See, he's made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus far above all principalities, powers, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world which is to come. So then I'm not supposed to be going up and down. I'm supposed to go up and continually go up. If I'm going to draw nigh unto him, we don't find him in a low position, for he is high and lifted up. All right? So then we're going to have to uh, begin to Look at the landscape of our lives in an elevated position. I, I, I don't want you to continue with the mentality or thought process of, oh, woe is me. You know, I, I do know that there has been people that have spoken about things and said, uh, if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. Well, that's not your inheritance, beloved. Amen. He has called you. Uh, to the place where he is. Jesus said himself that I'm going to the Father, that where I am, you may be also. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. All of those scriptures that you just heard, they were scriptures to cause you to look up in an elevated position. All right? We're not supposed to be just looking in our past to develop our future. Okay? When the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy, he's basically dealing with things that have already happened. Okay, I want you to see this. The devil has never brought to you new information. Jesus said he only comes to steal, kill, destroy. So then if he's stealing, he has to steal what you already have. He's not bringing information. I used to think that, you know, because I was wanting to be uh, uh, one of the party people, okay, And so then as I was thinking I was one of the party people, I thought the devil was bringing a good time. He cannot. He only, Jesus said it, John chapter 10, verse 10, it says the thief only comes but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So again, you already have what you need. Even when it doesn't look like you know how to use it, that it doesn't look like you know how to understand it. You still have it, okay? Jesus gave you life that is eternal. He said it is finished. He didn't say 
I did the first part, and I'll come back for the second part. He said it is finished. He did not uh, He did not give up the ghost until every promise had been fulfilled and the transfer had begun. This transfer was was completed when he rose from the dead, and then he came and told us. He said, all power has been given unto me, both in heaven and in earth. Therefore, you go. That's the transfer that he made available for us. So then he didn't want us to go in our own power. Otherwise, he would not have said, all power has been given unto me, so now you go. We think sometimes that we have to help God. We don't have to help God. Let's do it this way. We are co-laborers with God. That didn't say that we had to come up with the ideas, plans, and recommendations for God. We simply work the plan that he has finished. Okay? That's why I said we're not the ones trying to get healed. We are the ones that are healed, and we're causing that healing to be made manifest so that all can see. Okay? If we lift him up, then he will be shown so that all can then see. They would understand that the reason that we uh, live above problems, thank you, Lord, the reason that we live above problems is because we let him be seen. And I, if I be lifted up, I'll cause men to see something. Let your good works be seen, be known. And then it says that the, once your good works are seen and known, that the men would have a different conversation. They will glorify God. Okay? So he's saying, I want you to live an elevated life, looking at things from a different perspective, not because you are, 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 are bigger and badder. Actually, it's because you have submitted. Amen. See, when we bow our knee to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, a lot of people, you know, would, would, would understand God as Savior, because they, they, they look at, at the trouble they was in, and they see they're not in the trouble. But he says we're supposed to look unto him as a Lord and Savior. In other words, I submit myself wholly to him, completely to him. I don't have to live by my thoughts and effort anymore. I am supposed to live in that finished work that he did at Calvary. All right, just look at Galatians chapter 2 just so that you can see this. Galatians chapter 2. Okay. He wants us to live in this power. Okay? Verse uh, 20 and following. Paul is writing. Paul is writing not only by revelation, but experientially because he had already walked through these things. He, he, he is, everything that the Bible says, every scripture is, is written for our admonition, for our exhortation, so that we can know that this is possible now, okay? This is not pie in the sky. This is some ham where I am, some steak on my plate, okay? 
These are not cunningly devised fables, as some people will tell you. And they've come to the place because uh, they they frustrate the grace of God, and then they try to tell you that it doesn't work for you either. Let's look at Paul. Let's listen to what he says. Verse 20, he says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. So that tells me that if I'm trying to do things from a different perspective, if I'm trying to to be the one to, to, to make it work, then I didn't hear what Paul said here in Galatians chapter 2. He said, I'm crucified with Christ, but I live. I'm crucified to uh, uh, the things that would make me try to do the work myself because I am crucified with I am a co-laborer with God. See, I'm not the one trying to, to, to make things happen. I am crucified with God, with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I. So the emphasis he's saying is not on me. It's not on what I bring to the table. Okay? Because if, okay, let's do it this way. If I'm bringing something to the table, that says that I have a personal expectation from what I bring. Is that correct? See? And so then since I understand that my righteousness is as filthy rags, it would probably do me good not to be bringing filthy rags to the table. Amen. Okay? So then it's, it's not about me. See, the apostle John said that he must decrease so that Jesus increase. If I don't decrease, if it's all about me, then I'm not decreasing, Emma. And since it's all about me, my table is filled with, mm-hmm, come on, y'all, my table is filled with filthy rags. Um, just so that we get it, um, I, I'll, I'll do it as clean as I can this time. <laughs> uh, if I'm trying to clean up something and my rag is dirty, then I'm going to be working myself a whole lot harder because all I'm doing is, is smearing, transferring dirt. Amen. But if I allow the, 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 the cleansing of by the spirit, the cleansing by the word, the washing of the water by the word, then I can start anew. Okay? So since my righteousness is not what's supposed to be utilized, I need to just let that be. And this is what Paul is telling us and teaching us here. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ lives in me. So then I would submit to you that uh, your answer that you need for any situation, God has placed that answer in the Christ in you. It's Christ in you the hope of glory. And sometimes we'll try to bring our intellect into the, uh, into the fray. And then so now it's not Christ in, in me. It's the intellect that I brought to the table. I'm hoping that you see this. See, we're going to learn how to be those that live by faith. See, we're not going to be those that continue to process information 
that doesn't allow for victory. Come on, let's, we're going to see that. These are guaranteed results that we're talking about here. It's not I, but Christ that liveth in me. Jesus said in John chapter 15, uh, verse 7, it says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you will, and it will be given you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. He says, if you abide there, if you live there. He didn't say if you visit there. So I was talking to a brother today, and um, he found himself in a position where his thinking was not aligning with whose he is. I said that the way that Paul said it. He said, the, the God, there is an angel of the Lord whose I am that stood by me this day so that he can get victory. It didn't say because of who I am. It says whose I am. And so he was thinking from the position of what he could do or what he brought to the table, and he was experiencing uh, 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 delayed reactions, okay? And as long as you're trying to be the one that's controlling the narrative, then you're going to have to be the one that works it out. And you haven't figured it out, so how could you work it out? Again, God cannot do anything for you until he first does something in you. See? It, again, we, we learned last week, it's not a, 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 something that we can just get and we say it's a transfer. It's not a transfer. It's a process. See? We go from faith to faith. It's a process. We, we build ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. It's a process. It's not, it's not just a, uh, uh, an event that we're looking for. We have purpose to walk in the Spirit. Amen. Not view the Spirit. If we abide in him, it's not I, but Christ that lives in me. And then he says, not only is this process something I participate in, it's something that I'm making sure. It says, and now the life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. See, I live by faith in the Son of God, who already, it didn't say he would love me. This is a past tense phrase here, who loved me and at Calvary gave me. You see that? You see the exchange that has to happen? See? It has to be a, a process that I purpose that the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And please hear that scripture. It says, I live by the faith of the Son of God. He didn't say, I live by faith in. He said, I live by the faith of. This is what caused Jesus to have victory because he only did those things that he saw the Father do. He only heard, spoke what he heard the Father speak. It was the faith of God. Do you see that? It was the, the word of God that was abiding in his life, in his heart. And that word caused what was necessary to be done in his life. 
David said, thy word have I hid in my heart so that I will not sin against you. And the word sin there is not just do the wrong things. The word sin there is that I will not be without a portion. I, I will have my supply. There will not be a question on can I do it because the supply of his grace is already here. He has already loved me and given himself for me. See, we start out with victory. See, why? Because of what he has done, the finished work of Calvary. We have to cause ourselves to to think about this over and over and over. That's what Paul is saying here. He says, for I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Okay, wow, y'all, come on. I'll just finish this. He said, he lives by the faith of the Son, not the faith of a Son. I appreciate uh, some of the things people would say that 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 that, that they uh, hear the the truth of the word of God uh, through my life. I appreciate that, but it's not about me; it's all about Him. So I don't want you to have any confidence. Oh, the way Paul said it, he had no confidence in the flesh, none, zero, not a zip. Why? Because if I put my faith and my confidence in flesh and blood, flesh and blood is going to fail me. When I put my confidence in myself, that is still putting my confidence in flesh and blood, and flesh and blood will fail me. See? So then I, I don't want you to do, Paul said, I don't want you to know anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I don't want you to put your confidence in me. See? Put it in Jesus Christ and him crucified. And in the, 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 the demonstration of the power of the Spirit. This this is the work that, that we have to work. This is the understanding that we have to walk in. These are the conversations of victory. See, when, when, when I recognize that, that the God that's in me is more than enough, no matter what I'm confronted with, the God that's in me is more than enough. He's not just a God that's enough. He's the God that's more than enough. El Shaddai is the name. See? So then as I am confronted with anything that, that, that comes at me, I already know, first of all, I know what the Scripture says, that God will not suffer me to be tempted above that which I am able and will, with the temptation, make a way of escape that I might be able to bear it. So I, I know that God is faithful. So then if I'm facing something, I already know that I started with the victory. He will not suffer me to be tempted above that which I am able to bear. See? He's not going to let that happen. So then we need to erase the thought of, you know, the woe is me. I'm all by myself because he said he would never leave me or forsake me. See, so since he's with me, a very present help in the time of trouble, then I know that, okay, because he's there, the God that's here is more than enough. I'm not just going to get out by the, come on, y'all, I'm not just going to get out by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. No, that's not what he promised me. He promised that he would uh, deliver me. <laughs> okay. So, so see, we, 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 we need to get that. 
He says, I, I, the, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. <laughs> I'm, 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 I can't get away from that. It's, it's, it's Christ that lives in me. Okay? If I don't allow him to be seen, then is his life actually present? Okay? That's a sila. Think about that. If, if I don't allow him to be uh, the one that forms my thoughts, forms my words, controls my actions, then he's not living in me. I didn't say he wasn't resident. I didn't say he was not a tenant. Okay? Let's see. We need to let him be on display, living. He is called the living God. I'm glad he's called that. He didn't say I was just a resident God. Glory. He said I'm the living God, the one that is displayed, the one that causes actions to be seen. Hallelujah. He started this process in what we refer to as the initial book in the New Testament, which is the book of Acts. The books of power that is released perpetually. The book of Acts. Amen. And we go back to that place in our heart, in our thinking, and we want God to be seen. Okay? As we know and understand that, then we have a great expectation. Because we're supposed to live by the fullness of his grace. And as soon as the church was born, that's what happened. It says, and great grace was upon them all. He gave uh, the apostles a witness about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Great grace was upon them all. It was on display. See? In order to have proper conversations, we're going to have to do something with what we think. Okay? So if I'm thinking that, you know, it's, it's a bad deal, I'm just going through all the, the horrible stuff in life, then uh, we're not putting ourselves in the position to win. If you don't win the battle in your mind, you will not see the victory in your life. If you don't hold the battle, the victory in your heart, you will not see the victory in your life. Okay. Uh, you do remember what, what happened under the seven sons of Sceva. They came and they, they wanted to do an exorcism because they say, uh, well, we can cast out devils. And they tried to cast out the devils. And the spirit said, they said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? And they whooped the, the man and his family. Seven sons whooped them. Why? Because they did not have the abiding revelation. They had a revelation that they heard about. I saw somebody do this. I heard about No, 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 no. It needs to abide. If my words abide in you, if I abide in you, if I am on display in your life, then you will ask what you will, and it will be given you. See? So the, 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 the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. 
So, so I'm giving you uh, insight to how we can stop the process of being frustrated because we frustrate the grace of God. Come on, no, don't be deceived. God is not mocked whatsoever man sows that shall he also reap. So if I'm frustrating the grace of God by not letting him, come on now, let's just hear what we read, by not letting him live there. You know, there are certain rights and privileges that are afforded to the people that live in the house. The ones that live in the house, they can go and rearrange furniture because they live there. They can go into the refrigerator at any time and take something out of the refrigerator because they live there. So if Jesus lives in you, can he not rearrange the furniture? Amen. Selah. Can he not tell you that this uh, item is in the wrong place and it's being used the wrong way? Can he not tell you that? And you go, oh, okay, it would do better. But, 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 Lord, I've had it there all the time. He says, yes, I know, but it needs to be removed so that you can have fluidity in the dwelling place that you have. So you, you can walk, you can sojourn in the land of promise, but you have things that are blocking you, and I want to rearrange the furniture in the house. I'm not rearranging the furniture so that it'll look good. I'm rearranging the furniture so that you would have fluidity, so things would work for you. If you put a couch in front of the the vent, then the room that you are in is that the room that you're sitting in is not going to have the same flow of 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 heat and or air conditioning that you would if you would simply move the furniture out in from that couch from in front of that, that, that vent. Is that correct? You, you, you're stopping the circulation on both ends. You can put it in front of the, the, um, the, the, the vent that pu- pushes the air out or the register that allows the air to go back in, either one of them. See, God is trying. He wants you to, good God Almighty, he wants you to live in, a, in, in an area, arena, in a existence that is climatized by his spirit. Come on, y'all. That's what Adam did. He lived in a, in a place where God climatized his atmosphere. He was unaware that it was hot. He was unaware that it was cold. Uh, he was naked, y'all. He had no clothes on. The only thing he was covered with was the glory of God. He was, his atmosphere was controlled by the spirit of the living God. And God wants you. That's why he made his man that way, as a, as a reference for us. It was written for our admonition, for our example, that God wants to climatize our atmosphere. Adam was unaware of all of the stuff that was available until he ate from the tree of knowledge. Walk and talk with God in the cool of the evening. God climatized his atmosphere. He didn't talk to God out of fears and frustration. He talked to God in the cool of the evening. Amen. God is no respecter person. He wants to do that in your life. He wants you to participate in conversations of victory. Amen. See, but you have to allow that thought process to become active in your life. 
I mean, there they have been teachings that people have uh, stated things that caused us to think that God was a, basically a mean old ogre about to slap us upside the head whenever we make a mistake. And so because we think that, then we, uh, we live under that understanding. When he said he's full of grace, he's full of compassion, that God does not condemn. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but walk after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. So why do we think that God is trying to slap us down because we made a mistake? He's not the God that condemns. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you. And to cleanse you. Does that sound like someone that's trying to beat you up? I mean, why would he cleanse you if he was interested in beating you up? See? But because we have been uh, taught that, our training is to, 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 to draw back from God instead of draw nigh to God. These are the conversations that we have to have in our heart so that we would know that God is for you. And he's working all things. These are the thoughts that he thinks. They are thoughts of peace and not of evil. They are thoughts that will give you an expected end. So when God comes to rearrange the furniture, he's not trying to make you suffer. He's not putting the the, the couch in front of the sun so you can sweat. (laughs) See? And and, and we sometimes don't allow him to, to change the furniture in our house because we like it that way. We, we don't want him to put new things in our refrigerator because we like the food we've been having. When, when he wants to be the one, come on, y'all, he wants to be the one that prepares a table before you in the very presence of your enemies. He wants to show you what to eat, bring you the, the sustenance that's necessary so that your enemies will not be victorious. Glory to God. And here we are. We won't even sit down at the table and eat. We're going to keep bringing to the table the, the meal that we are accustomed to and still walk in frustrations, anxieties, fears, and defeat. Let's, let's stop that and eat the real breakfast of champions. Amen. Amen. Let's eat the word. Let's be filled with his spirit. Let's release praise unto God. As we do that, then then we are far removed from the things that would cause the fears and agitations. Because, again, Philippians tells us to think on those things that are pure, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise. See, if we would think on that, then the God that we need to move will keep our minds, will keep our hearts. See, I I, I don't have to worry about the things because I have the God that's keeping my heart. Come on, let's just look over there. See that again. Trying to get through. A lot of this is just simply review. We talked about this last time. But I, I, first of all, I don't know if the same people are on the call or not. And I want to thank all of y'all for continuing to walk with me as I go through this process with you. 
I am not trying to uh, lord over you because I'm smarter than you. I'm, I know this. I'm walking with you because there's not going to be another one-man rapture. We all go together. Glory to God. And that's why God has me here for the perfecting of the saints. Amen. Not for my exaltation. I can't use that. If I'm going to try to be the one that exalted, then, then what's going to happen is God is going to resist me because that's pride and God resists the proud. So that is not my, 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 not my place of thought at all. I am equipping you so that we can win. I'm equipping you because if we don't do it together, we can't do it. And Jesus is not coming back until his body looks like him, till all of his enemies have been made to be his, be his footstool. So then the best way for that process to happen is for me to equip you so that you can bring all of the things that you're facing under your feet. Amen. Because as they are under your feet, they are also simultaneously seen to be under the feet of Jesus. We are his body. He is the head. See? So I'm here to assist you in this. That, that, that's our job, fivefold ministry. And somewhere along the line, the, uh, people got it messed up, and they began to exalt themselves. And there became a, a, a detachment that happens because this is no place for big me's and little you's. The body is going to be edified by that which every joint supplies. See, it can't grow in love if every joint is not supplying. So then, if you find yourself mad or frustrated at another brother or a sister, then the the body cannot edify itself in love. Life now has been stopped because it says it's good and pleasant for the brethren to dwell together in unity because the place of unity is the place of the commanded blessing, even life that is forever. So, beloved, we go together. Okay? I'm not going to be frustrated because you didn't get it. I'm going to do what Paul said. It's not grievous for me to write the same thing unto you again. You have to get it or we don't go. We are one body in him. We have many members, but we are one body. So that we're going to have to learn to cover our body in love. We're going to have to supply our body with grace. Amen. See, as we do this perpetually, so many things happen in the spirit realm. Because when we remove all of the places of division, all of the places of separation, see, and then that which every joint supplies is now what the people see. Hallelujah. By this, they will know that you are disciplined by me, by disciples, when they see, understand, and perceive love one to another. That they watch stuff and they say, okay, this or that happened, but what immediately happened after the offense, there was a covering of love. There was a a, a, a a gathering of the peace of God in that place. It was not uh, 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 accusations and frustration. It was the peace of God that covered 
Okay? And then because we have the God of peace available, he's going to do things. Let's watch it again here in Philippians chapter 4. <laughs> he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto who? All men. That lets us know that the Lord is at hand. When I can let my moderation, I don't have to let my position be known because I'm the big. No, let my moderation be known to all men, and that's how they're going to know the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplications with thanksgiving, let your, moder- let your requests be made un- known unto God. And then what will happen? The peace of God, which passes all understanding. I made this point last time that 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 you don't you shouldn't try to function in just your understanding minus the peace of God. Did you see that? You shouldn't just try to function in your understanding minus the peace of God. He wants you to use the the, the peace of God that goes beyond your understanding, and it says when you do that, that peace that God has made available for you, it will then keep your heart and your minds through Christ. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. I'm giving you information that would cause us to stop frustrating the process. Stop abandoning the grace of God. Stop saying, I'm needing the grace to show up, but not allow it to flow. Come on, y'all. We, we we can't keep thinking that the grace of God is going to be different than what we allow to flow out of the life of God that's in us. We just frustrated the grace of God, the life that I now live. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It says that this peace which passes your understanding, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and the peace of God which passes all understanding. Glory to God. So God does things in a way that causes the whole thing to be resolved. He went past the understanding that you would have and the understanding of the person that you're confused by. Amen. It passes all understanding. All includes me and you, doesn't it? <laughs> Glory to God. He says, if you would do this, if, if I can get your heart's position to, 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 to engage at this level, then I, I'll take care of the problem because the understanding now, the understanding now is no longer necessary. How about that? You can have peace that goes past the understanding. I just removed frustration right there. Because my understanding is no longer necessary. Those that are led by the peace of God, that's what he said would happen. He asks us to be led forth with peace. Amen. He didn't tell us to be led forth with understanding. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways do what? Acknowledge him. And then that peace of him will then cause you to move beyond where you were. He will then direct your path. So when I don't have the peace of God operating, I just got my path blocked, didn't I? 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and then he shall direct. So if I'm not going to allow the peace of God to lead, I just blocked my own future, didn't I? I blocked my own path. Okay? See, I, I, we are at the beginning of another calendar year. So let's not go through this year with the same mess that we went through last year. I, that happens in the body of Christ. I have seen people that have gone for years without forgiving, operating as if their hurt is now Lord instead of Jesus being Lord. The Bible says he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. So since he's touched with the feelings, my God, my God, since he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities, why don't we let that touch heal us? That's what the, the, the woman that had the issue of blood for, for 12 years, she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. And as soon as she did touch the hem of his garment, Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? For I perceive that virtue has come out of me. See? So then that touch if we would allow Jesus to touch the feelings of our infirmity, that would release healing, wouldn't it? So here I am five years being mad when I could have just let him touch the feelings of our infirmity. Amen. See? I'm trying to get us that as we go through this next calendar year, let's not keep recycle that. Let's just stop that. The Bible says you shouldn't even let the sun go down on your wrath. He don't want that to be in your life not one day. Come on now. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't you carry your unforgiveness past the, past the morning. It should be gone at night. Amen. I didn't make that up. This is what he said. He's needing for us to operate in that. And then when you look around and you see the body of Christ with all of the divisions that are evident, we're not doing what he said do. See? We, we are harboring unforgiveness in our heart. So then, because of that, Jesus said, if you're going to harbor unforgiveness in your heart, please know that you can't even pray. Because if you don't, as you stand praying, forgive. For if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. There is no answer to your prayer. Okay? And so I don't want us to go through another calendar year like that. Let's just eliminate that process. Let's let, let's let him be seen. And I, if I be lifted up. Verse 7 Philippians chapter 4, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So he just, took, he just helped us to see that it's not necessary for me to be in charge. He wants to, by this peace that passes all understanding, he wants that peace to be released so that Jesus can keep my heart and my mind. Amen. See, he, he wants to, to take us to the place where my decisions are made in love because my decisions are made by him. When my decisions are made by him, then my decisions win every time. Conversations of victory. 
or defeat. See, it's, it's our choice here. He's not going to make us do it. That's why he tells us to bring every thought into captivity. See, we have to decide that, wait a minute, the way of the Lord is better than what I'm thinking of from here. I'm going to give up. I'm going to allow the peace of God that passes my understanding. I'm going to let that rule. I'm going to let that reign. It will keep my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. Then finally, brother, in verse 8, whatsoever things that are true, whatsoever things that are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things that you have heard, you have both learned and received, you have heard and seen in me do, and the peace of God shall be with you. And then we found out that when the peace of God is with you, Romans chapter 16, 20 says, now the God of peace is going to bruise Satan under your heels shortly. So as I think about this and allow these things that are uh, what he told me to think about, as opposed to me thinking about the things that are in the past, locking me to the past. Amen. I don't have to remind God. I, this is just something we've got to get over. We don't have to remind God about the things that injured us. God is aware of everything. Okay, this is the way he said it. I will perfect that which concerns you. He saw what happened. The children of Israel uh, were trying to pass through a land, and they wouldn't let them pass through the land. And when they got to the promised land, God says, nah, I'm going to deal with the ones that didn't want to let you pass. I got that. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. That's not your job. See? But we act like God missed that. And so we re- perpetually remind him of all of the stuff that he told us we shouldn't be thinking about. He said, think on the things that are pure, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue. He said, think on those things that are true. He-, he didn't tell you to think on the things that are hurt. This would be the place that we would grow up in him. See? Don't, don't, don't think about the things. Forgetting those things which are behind. See? Let us press toward the prize, the mark of the high calling in Christ. Let's press toward that. So then I would submit to you that if you're thinking about your hurts, wow, 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 wow. Okay, let's look at that. Just back up to uh, chapter 3. Just look up a couple of verses here. <laughs> Whoo. Yeah, okay, I'll try to go back to that. Um, in verse 14, well, verse 13, said, Brother, I do not count myself to have apprehended, <laughs> but this one thing I do. He didn't say this is one thing I think about, did he? He said this is one thing that I do. So then he's asking us to participate actively, not just to say, well, I know the Bible says that. He said, I don't need you to live in the I know the Bible. I need you to live in the I do the Bible. For he that hears the word and does not do it, he says, that's the man that is deceived in his own heart. Okay? So the hearer of the word that's not a doer of the word is the one that's walking around in, in the, watch what he's doing. He's walking around in circles. 
Watch this. Watch this. He says, I don't count myself as having apprehended, but this one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forth unto those things which are before. So then if I'm still dealing with the things that are behind, the things that have already happened, I'm going to go around in circles and revisit the thing that's already happened. Is that correct? I'm just going to end up in a circle. So next year, this same time, we're going to find you still at the same place. Why? Because you did not do what he said do. He said forget those things that are behind. And the way he said that, that included everything, didn't it? Those things. Injuries, hurts, forget those things. Why? Because they are behind. I cannot reach forward without forgetting that which is behind. It says about the children of Israel that, that if they would have forgot the things that were behind, they would have been able to move on. But because they didn't, they kept sojourning in that place over and over. Forty years they were in uh, the wilderness because they didn't forget those things. And they had occasion to return. Come on now, y'all. Says they, they, they had the occasion to return. They kept preparing for themselves a way to go back. They had occasion to return. They did this, so I'm going to take this, what they did, and return to what they did. Come on, that's not what he wants us to live in. He said, forget those things which are behind, and then do what? Press toward the things that are before. What things are before? Anything that has praise, virtue, truth. See, he said, I, I know what I need to put in front of you. Because whatever you look at, that's the direction in which you're going to go. Whatever you look at, that's the direction in which you're going to go. If you look at the things which are behind, you're going to go back to those. They will have the occasion to return to them. Those of you that have uh, cars, automobiles, and driver's license, you cannot drive that car looking in your rear view mirror. You have to drive your car looking in the, at the windshield that's in front of you. Did things happen in the past? Yes, I got that. And you can use them as a reference point of what you don't want to go back to. That's the only time I would like you to use uh, anything in your rearview mirror as something that says, okay, no, I will not return to that. I'm not going to go through that again. No, no I don't want you to go. Um, I don't want you to go in accusation of I will not go through that again. I'm not going to let them hurt me again. No, that's, that's you're looking now through accusation. That's not the way you do that. When you look at the rearview mirror, you say, that's in my past. I'm not going to go back. I will not revisit that. I, I will not go and stir that pot again. See? I have to look unto Jesus, who is the author and developer or finisher of my faith. I cannot move towards the author and finisher of my faith. I cannot get close to him looking back there. You do remember what happened to Sarah. All right. Abraham was telling her we got to go. And Sarah looked back. And next thing you know, Sarah became pretty bitter. Because God called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
that means you got to stop looking back at the dark place that you were in. Amen. Because when you look back, you're going to have an occasion to return, justification to go back and try to fix what cannot be fixed. Glory to God. You can't make nobody repent. <laughs> okay? So why are you going back there to try to cause that to happen? You can't make them repent. Repentance comes from God. It comes from, yeah, it, is, it comes from the goodness of God. It is the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. Amen. So then how are you going to make someone repent and, 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 and you never show them God? If you want to see repentance in someone, you want to see a change in someone, let the goodness of God be seen. It's the goodness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. See? We, we, we got to do what he said. He says, I have, to, mm-hmm, I have to forget those things which are behind. And then he said, reaching forth. That's active motion, isn't it? If I'm looking behind, that's dead motion. I've already experienced that. If I didn't like it the first time and I rehearse it, I'm probably not going to like it the second time. But I'm going to still be in it because I keep recycling the thing. I have to stop looking back and then reach forward. See? Even though I haven't attained to it, my position of heart is I'm going in that direction. I'm not going back. Okay? There was nothing there that caused my victory. In my past was not my victory. In my past was simply my experience, be it good or bad. Okay, I see. If I'm going to my past, you we, we, generally this happens more with men. We see it now with women too, that they try to live in their past and, and reclaim uh, uh, old glory rather than obtain new promise. See? That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to obtain new promise, not for you to retain old glory. Remember the the manna? God didn't want them eating yesterday's manna. He wanted them to eat the manna of the day. Even when he had them to collect uh, on, on the Sabbath day, collect enough for Sunday, he put their thinking on Sunday, not on Friday. Did you see that? He told them to collect uh, twice as much on the Sabbath so that their tomorrow will be taken care of. Not take more than you need on on the Sabbath because you don't never know what's going to happen tomorrow. No, he's given you the understanding of hope and expectation. See? So then if you're looking in the rearview mirror, you cannot obtain what he's called you to. You're still going to try to retain the thing that you already had. He wants to take you to the next level of glory. He wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. Why is it then that we try to go back and get to what we've already experienced, be it good or bad? Amen. Because if you're going to go back and and rehash what has already been done, then the pride that you develop 
in going back to what you like is going to be your, your bigger problem. See? He wants to take you into the place that's greater. And we keep settling for that which was. It would be wise for us to say, okay, God, since you're calling me to this, and I know I've never experienced it, I know that whatever you have for me, that's the peace that I should dwell in. These are your thoughts that you think toward us. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. So I have to then reach forth unto the things mm, 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 which are before. I hope you saw that. What we try to go back and get is generally a thing, singular. But if I would hear God, he's going to allow me to get things with an S. Reaching forth unto those things which are before. See, he has your future already lined up for you so that you can enjoy more and more. There was a um, a teaching that, that I heard, and it was about uh, a musician. This was a, 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 what is that, a, a seminar that I went to, and it was uh, for musicians and, and, and psalmists. And so then the, what it was is uh, the, the, there was a, a picture that was given to us that said, okay, there was a guy that was very, very, very talented. And so God called him into the next level. But to get through this next level, he had to go through this small door, and so um, which would cause him to have to humble himself to get down to this small door. And so the man said uh, to God, he says, but wait a minute, I have amassed all of these great things and accomplishments that you've given unto me. I can sing greatly. And people uh, in my singing, uh, as it is released, they can be healed and they can have revelation. In my ability to play uh, the instruments, they can enter into worship and praise. And, 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 and my gifts, they don't fit through this small door. And the Lord said, come. And he said, uh, uh, but Lord, what about my gifts? And he said, come. And so the man said, I know the voice of God, and, and I'm just going to have to go, I guess, and start over. And so then he humbled himself and went through this small door. And the way that he went through the small door is he wanted to get the last look, if you would, at, at the gifts that he had. And so he went through the door backwards. And so as he, he got through the door and he stood up on the other side, and he turned around, he noticed that all of the gifts that were on the side that he left were still available for him on the other side. But we have to forget those things that are behind, and we have to reach forth for the things that are before. We have to go through the door. Go through the experience when it looks like I'm losing because God does not ever cause you to lose. He will require you to release because if you keep what you have in your hand, all you can ever have is what's in your hand. But if you release or open your hand, then God can put more than you ever thought of. That's what he's asking us to do. He says, 
forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth into the things which are before. Then he says, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. He's called us to that. These are conversations that you have in your heart. You've got to decide that I'm just going to give up what I have so that I can obtain what he's promised. God has done great things for me, whereof you are glad. But now he wants to take you into a place of exceeding great joy. Glad is where we live. I got that. But exceeding great joy is where he's called us to. He said he wants you to have the place where your joy can be made full. In his presence is the only place that can happen. See? So we should not try to drag our past into our future, release it unto him completely. Don't try to dictate the terms again. He's wanting to be Lord and Savior. If I'm still trying to dictate the the, the situation, the circumstances, then yes, I know him as Savior, but I don't know him as Lord. He wants to give you those things that he's already, and it says it has not even entered into your mind. I have not seen, neither has ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the thing that God has prepared for those that love him. Not that those that love what they got, those that love him, those that have already said that that God actually is enough. (laughs) That if I have God, give me Jesus. I will not be trying to get the, the things of this world. Just give me Jesus. He's the one that supplies all of my need. Give me Jesus. Amen. In Psalms 91, I'll try to get here again, <laughs> try to finish up. I, 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 I'm taking the time to, 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 to bring everybody up to the same place of understanding, to the same place of hearing, so that we can move as one, that we can move in concert. Psalms 91. I remember as I was trying to make some decisions about my life, there are some things that happened, and I asked God some questions, you know, uh, uh, about how uh, how things are supposed to to work, how they are set up. What is the 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 outlaying uh, uh, of of your Word of God? I know it's it's, it's a, a light in the lamp for my feet and my path. I, I got that, but how do I see clearly what I'm supposed to do? And um, what the God showed me. Um, as an answer to my prayer, is he calls me to remind what Jesus did, how they lived. You would see the children of Israel going to the synagogue. And as they went to the synagogue, what they would do is they would quote scripture because they didn't have uh, anointed men of God till Jesus got there. He's the one that said this. Uh, Um, Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, and Jesus is the one that 
um, open this up for them. When they would gather, they would just say the word of God, and the hearing of the word of God would cause them to be encouraged, okay? And that's good. But um, Jesus is going to open up something that had never happened before. Uh, uh, Verse um, 18 of chapter 4. And Jesus came and he, excuse me, look at 17 so you can see it. Verse 16, I'm not going back no further. Verse 16, (laughs) and Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And his custom was he went into the Sabbath on the, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Now, this is what their custom was. They would gather in the synagogue and they would read scripture. And that would encourage them, okay? That would cause them to see what they should do, how they should do. That's what was the practice, okay? It was his custom. And he stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. So this was something Jesus did on purpose. It said he found the place. Okay, he's going to open up something for them now for the first time. And he found the place where it was written. This is what was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's appointed me, anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, verse 20, and he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down, and the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened upon him, and he began to say, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. So they would gather, and they would just read scripture and be encouraged because there was a promise of God that was yet to come. But Jesus came, found the place, read that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of the sight of the blind and to set at liberty them that were bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. See, it went from something that they heard about to something that was now active in their life. So then Jesus invited them into the place where they can actively participate by believing that which was promised is now here. That's the same place that he put us in. He put us into the place where we can know that he was anointed to preach good news to the poor. He's going to reach across every spectrum of of existence. If you're poor, he's going to preach good news to you. God anointed him to do that. If you are uh, uh, hurt and healed in your heart, if you are broken in your heart, he's going to heal that heart. If you have, if you were captive, he's going to preach deliverance to you. If you were blind, he's going to cause the word of God, to give you the ability to recover sight. This was an interesting one to me because he said he has anointed me to preach this 
so that people who are blind, who don't see accurately, who have not had steps that they can walk in clearly, I'm going to recover. Notice that word. He said the recovering of the sight. Glory to God. He wasn't going to give them just the ability to see new stuff. He's going to give them the ability to see the promises that were already given to them in a whole new light, recovering of sight. They would, they would go to the synagogue, and they would hear uh, people stand up and read, and they would leave the same way with the expectation of one day this would happen. But Jesus said, no, 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 this day, this is fulfilled in your ears. We're starting a new thing now. See, they all heard this scripture multitude of times. But Jesus said, okay, we're going to activate what you've heard now. Okay? And then I see that. I remember the, the Bible tells us that the church or the called out ones, those are the ones where the pillar and ground of truth is. So Jesus just allowed them to be, if they chose, the pillar and ground of truth. They rejected. We know that. But he had to do all of those things to fulfill all righteousness. Okay? So Jesus came and, and he said, okay, now when you hear scripture, the anointing that is upon him, is there so that you can enter into the gospel, good news of that stuff that you heard about before, that you can have the recovering of the sight to those that are blind, that you can have your broken heart healed, that, that, that if you are poor, he's going to give you information from that anointing that will affect change in your life. That was good, beloved. That if you are without means, he's going to give you information, the gospel, that will cause you to be able to come out of that situation. Amen. That you will no longer have to be blind to how to do a thing. See, this is what God uh, told me. Because I just went through an experience where I was expecting someone to, 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 to minister to me and, and to give me this encouragement. And that person just read the Bible. And I was about to be mad because the person just read the Bible. And I said, okay, God, show me why that's a good thing. And he said, they're only doing what my servant did, what my son did. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, uh, Luke chapter 4, well, I knew immediately what he was talking about. I knew where verse 18 was. And so I said, right, in verse 17, it said, he didn't stand up for to preach. He stood up for to read. And then I said, okie dokie then. If it was good enough for Jesus, then it should ought to be good enough for me. So then I said, okay, so then I need to then participate in the anointing that comes from the servant that read the word in my hearing. I mean, I was part of a church that, you know, they would get up and they would read the, the Bible, and at the end of the Bible reading, they would say this statement, may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. And uh, that was just normal. I heard that. Well, the word of God is already blessed. Why does he need to add a blessing? What I need to do is have my ears opened. Amen. Have my eyes open 
so that I can then participate in the best that he just made available. There was a table that was set before me in the presence of my enemies. So then I began to to avail myself to that. So that when I would uh, uh, hear a scripture, (laughs) I, I, I would say, okay, God, you're speaking to me. I went to a Thanksgiving Day service one time in this church that was um, filled with pomp and circumstance. And so we got there on this Thanksgiving, and I'm expecting that I'm going to get a a, a word from God that's going to equip me for the next whatever season of my life was. And uh, they went through all of the pomp and circumstance of a political gathering. And I was kind of mad. And then I, God prompted me, so I said, okay, no, no, no. You said that the Spirit of the Lord God has anointed the hearing of a word that's spoken by the servant of God. Good. So, so then I said, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and allow that to happen in my life. So as I did that, uh, that message, he opened up to me. Uh, that he opened up. Okay, I'm sorry. I I hung up and disconnected everybody. Um, Those of you that stayed online, I thank you uh, for that. Um, So as I was saying, that that God is is wanting us to to enter into, thank you for calling back. I see you coming back online. Uh, God is wanting us to enter into that acceptable year of the Lord. And this is the acceptable year of the Lord. It's not going to be uh, away from you or loose so that you cannot get it. It is right now. So God is asking us to, um, to find out how to walk in victory, have conversations of victory, things that, 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 that he wants to, uh, to allow his glory to of us. Okay? He's wanting us to show the world how the thing's supposed to work. And if, in fact, we haven't wanted to participate in that flow, we just wanted to get us, us forward no more, get ours and don't deal with nobody else. That's not what God was interested in having to happen. He wanted you to be able to show forth the glory of praise that he's put in your life. I was going to go to... Um, Psalms 91, and and, and kind of wrap it up there, because it says very clearly to us in Psalms 91 that if I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God, see, he will show me things from, again, how I dwell, not how I visit, but how I dwell. I will abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and then he says, your conversation will change. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. I will say of the Lord, he is my fortress. I will say of the Lord, he is my God. I will say of the Lord, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowl and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. I love the word, shall 
that is an absolute imperative. So then as I am abiding under the shadow, I have what I refer to as guaranteed promises. I have a path unto victory that cannot be stopped. I'm the one that would have to abandon the process. I am the one that would have to then begin to accuse God as being unfaithful. And that's just not even something that makes sense. If, if, if God said it, he, this is what he said, my word will not return unto me void. So then I can't give up on the process. That's why I said it, it, it's not a transfer, it's a process. We get to walk it out day by day. We get to experience glory to glory, faith to faith. That's why we shouldn't uh, just start doing a thing and then stop the process because we don't like a thing. We should just keep on going so that as God reveals to us more and more of the grace, we begin to then enjoy that grace, release that grace on purpose, not by accident. <laughs> See, so, beloved, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to participate in conversations of victory. No more conversations of defeat. Open your heart to understand that the conditions of your life are not asking you to make a statement that becomes eternal. Because by your words, are you justified? By your words, are you condemned? So will you, with us, enter into those conversations of victory to glorify God? Your way or God's way? God's waiting on you today. Father, we just bless you and thank you for your word that you sent to us to heal us, deliver us from all of our fears and destructions. Thank you that as we allow you to live big on the inside of us, that we can then by that life of Christ that lives in us, we'll no longer frustrate the grace of God because we'll know that's the life that we now live in the flesh. We give you praise, sir. We give you glory and honor. Committing it to you in the matchless name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who is Lord and Savior, the redeemed seed of the Lord. Amen. Well, beloved, again, we give you the opportunity um, to uh, ask any questions or make any comments about the ministry um, that you heard tonight. So um, area code 678-469-7930. You have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry? Just a, a quick comment. Okay. When you said... When you read Luke 18, I have been unlocked. At first you said appointed. <laughs> and you are. Uh-huh. Who else could do what he did? Of course, he had to be anointed to do it. But he was appointed to do it as well. Yes. Yes. And as likewise know. were all of us. We have been appointed or called into this fellowship. Um, as a matter of fact, what I was going to do is um, in uh, Philippians chapter 3, 
that's what uh, Paul prayed. He said that he wanted to know him and the fellowship of his suffering. He wanted to know him and the power of his resurrection. And that's what Jesus released when he said, all power has been given unto me, therefore go ye. He just called us into that same fellowship of his suffering. He called us into that power of his resurrection. So that's just something that, uh, you know, it's not just for Paul, it's for us. God is not a respecter, a person. So thank you for, again, acknowledging that, yes, I recognize I am anointed and appointed, but so are you. We go together. There's no more um, single man uh, um, rapture. It's going to happen. The body's going this time. Amen. Uh, area code uh, 404-490-7875. Uh, you have the mic. Any questions or comments about the ministry tonight? 404-490-7875. Go ahead. I just keep being blessed every week. I listen to you. You just open my ears and my eyes more and more. So I just want to thank you for that and ask you to just continue. Amen. Amen. I am going to do that. That is my, again, my calling and my uh, appointment. And it is such a pleasure um, to do that. Um, and, and, and I'm just when told that, that the people that are on the call are coming to the call. They are people that enjoy uh, what God does as revelation uh, through me. And that, that is a very humbling thing. Um, but it is so exhilarating to know that through the words that God gives me, people's lives can be changed, uh, they can be strengthened, and they can come to the place where we gather to see glory released by the body of Christ. So, again, thank you for joining the call and, and being a part of the call. Area code 404-563-7829. You have the mic. Any comments or questions about the ministry tonight? Yes, the um, last portion that you ministered about going through the hole and all the gifts was on the other side, and I just kind of saw in the spirit that it was bigger and better, and that really helped me to quit looking back and to go forward, just go forward with the Lord. I really appreciate it. Amen. Amen. As a matter of fact, there was something that um, I will I will state. Uh, it was a good thing. He said to me, he says that you, I will probably say it again next week because I just want everybody else to hear it. But it says that the promise of your tomorrow is your seed. He takes pleasure in your prosperity and he advances your cause. Your now has been changed. Your past has been removed. And the promise of your tomorrow has been opened unto you. So that's just something that we must uh, get to the place where we because we think that it doesn't get any better than this. It, it, this is as good as it gets. No, no, no. He's going to take you to gooder, gooder, greater, and greater. That's what he wants to do. So the promise, his promise for your tomorrow is your seed. He wants to bless your seed. He takes pleasure in your priority and advances your cause. Your now has been changed, your past has been removed, and the promise of your tomorrow has been opened unto you. That's what's on the other side of that small door. You have to humble yourself to go through that door. And when you do, your tomorrow is going to be greater than your today. Amen. And I'd like to give everybody the opportunity um, 
that uh, if you would like to see here at LiveSurvivors.com, please go to the website and uh, find the big I'd also like to ask everyone to, um, to tell your friends uh, so that they can listen and participate in the broadcast here on Monday evening on LiveDeliverance.com. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be grateful. May the Lord set up his confidence upon thee and give you his shalom. Until next Monday, be blessed. Love you.